friends and welcome to the secret podcast on service of change radio where we challenge reality question that which we've been taught and hope to inspire a new direction of thought to bring about change i'm your host dennis nappy the second with service of change at serviceofchange.com where you can read my newest book i am human and we are not who we think we are for free just by subscribing to the weekly seeker newsletter also a free subscription and you also get this uh, each episode of the seeker podcast sent right to your inbox with exclusive content just for readers and subscribers so i highly encourage you to do that really happy to be back on the air this week uh looking forward to getting into the show talking about beliefs excuse me what are our beliefs and challenging beliefs with other people when you have these discussions when somebody comes from one understanding and somebody comes from another understanding it can be a real tense moment a real tense subject they said you should never talk with people or at least with strangers about what is it religion and politics uh you know but beliefs come through so strongly and i I had an experience last week that has inspired this show that i want to talk about but uh looking into the news real quick something that came across my feed uh, this is an article dated december 3rd but i think it's still you know recent enough to, to share it with all of you. Uh, the article is from deathandtaxesmag.com, and I actually found this through Graham Hancock's Facebook feed. He shared this last week, and it's called First Legal Ayahuasca Retreat to Open in the U.S., <clears throat> and it's written by Jamie Patrick. Americans no longer have to travel deep into the jungles of Peru to have a life-changing experience with ayahuasca. According to Ayahuasca Healings, an organization that originally provided retreats to Peru for Americans looking to uh, imbibe the ancient plant medicine, the first legal ayahuasca church will begin administering the stuff. I'm sorry, administering the stuff to U.S. psychonauts in January of 2016. It's spiritual, it's cosmic, and it's just 90 minutes north of SeaTac airport uh the article goes on to say to the price of a mere in quotes suggested donation of one thousand four hundred ninety seven dollars to one thousand nine hundred ninety seven dollars is what they're suggesting you donate to to have this experience now graham hancock if you've read his books has traveled you know to central and south america and had several um amazing experiences on ayahuasca and i'm also a fan of uh the late carlos castaneda um, you know, I quote him in, in my next book, Food for the Archons, for the experiences that he's had on taking, um, you know, peyote and uh, ayahuasca. It's a psychoactive drug that gives people an experience. Uh, and I'm cr- currently getting ready to start reading a book uh, called The Sacred Mushroom and the Cross, which talks about the Amanita muscaria mushroom. 
Uh, long story short, there's a lot of great stuff. I'm going to do another show on this. A lot of great research out there that will, in my opinion, if you've never looked into this, but you decide to take an honest look to it, will blow your mind. Um, the awakening that happens, the, the, the understanding that people get, or the different perspective, let me put it that way, the different perspective people report having once they take uh, these plant substances is is just absolutely beautiful and, and incredible, and it's life-changing. So I'm excited that this is, is going to be a legal event uh, here in the United States, and, and you know people will have access to it despite that you know donation that they'll have to pay. But uh, nothing in this world is free, as they say, right? So uh, I, I want to talk today about beliefs. I was having a discussion with somebody last week. Um, they were talking about a book that they're reading and the book is fascinating, and it's it's a guy who's providing medical information. I, I gotta find the name of the book. My apologies, um, but the guy who's who's providing medical information, and he, he's in essence he's a medium, and his claim is that he's getting his information from what he calls spirit. And uh, I'll link the name of the book in the show notes uh, at Service of Change. Um, but you know, so we're we're having this discussion, and. and um, this person, she's telling me all about this book, and she's saying, I'm, I'm skeptical about what he's saying about where this information's coming from, because he sounds nuts, but the information he's providing is totally accurate. Uh, you, you know, it, it medically, he described all the symptoms that she had, that no doctor has ever been able to, to di- accurately diagnose or explain. And he goes in and says, if you're experiencing this X, Y, and Z, and it's not just specific and broad stuff. He's talking about very specific symptoms that she's having. He's saying, here's the underlying cause for it, which is the, you know, it was, it was linked to, um, mono. And she says, I had mono when I was a kid. And that's when I started having these symptoms, but no other doctor has identified this as the underlying cause. And, um, I know I'm kind of all over the place again, but so long story short, this guy's claiming he's getting his, his information intuitively or psychically as a, as a channel through some higher spirit. And the information is accurate, but she's skeptical of, of where he's getting this information from, because that sounds so incredibly fantastic. It challenges our own beliefs about who we are and the greater universe around us, um, so I started talking about my stuff. I saw a window there. I said, hey, you know, and, and I used the analogy of, you know, if you think that, you know, of people as processors, our, our brains as, as, you know, like a CPU or a hard drive, and there's a Wi-Fi signal out there, and we can tune ourselves, our, we tune our own frequency to receive those signals. Then we can under, then we can better listen to the universe or the guides or whatever it is that's out there. She became upset with with my analogy. She said, I, "You know that goes." She said that goes against what I believe, and didn't want to have the discussion with me any further. It frustrated her, and you know, respectfully, I, I stopped where I was going. But that frustrated me as well because, well, that's I don't even like to say that's what I believe. That's what, based on the things that I've experienced and the things that I've read, that's what I've been coming to understand. Uh, that understanding could change with a new piece of information. I'm open to that. But I've, I've read a lot that that makes a pretty good analogy for me. Um, <clears throat> so, but it, but it really bothered me. And I, and I started really thinking about, for lack of a better term, I'm going to say my own beliefs. I, you know, I'm going to stick with understandings. For my own understandings, 
Um, you know, and I think about when somebody else is trying to push their beliefs on me. I've had that happen when I was younger. Uh, I guess I was about 20 years old. I, I went to a party with, with a new friend and, uh, it was, it was, it was different. He said, Hey, we're gonna go to a party. It's at a, it's at our youth hall and there's going to be a guest speaker tonight. I'm like, okay, I've never been to a party with a guest speaker at 20 years old. You go to a party, it's usually an empty house and there's kegs of beer and kids, you know, causing trouble. I wasn't a drinker at that age, but that's what I, that's what I was used to. So I go to this party and it was, it was a youth group. It was a religious youth group and a bunch of really good kids. Um, and they had this speaker who was my age and he comes out and he starts talking about his experience in college. He says, you know, I tried the drugs. I tried, uh, you know, drinking alcohol and I realized that it was just sinful. And he goes into this and everybody's silent, just listening to him. And so afterwards he, you know, he, he noticed I was the new guy and he pulled me aside. He said, so, you know, are you a Christian? I said, no, not anymore. And he says, oh, I love this. Okay. Let's have the talk. And I'm thinking, I really don't want to have a talk with you right now. But he, he literally cornered me and then starts to lecture me and telling me that I just need to open my heart to Jesus to be saved because I wasn't saved and, you know, my life was, was not, I was not going to get into heaven. And he just, he went through the whole spiel and really trapped me for about 45 minutes trying to convince me to, to convert to his belief system. And I was appalled and so offended by that pushiness, by him trying to tell me that I was a sinner, that I wasn't good enough to, to walk into heaven according to his belief system, unless I opened my heart to Jesus and welcomed Christ into my life. That really upset me um, because he was trying to force his beliefs on me. Now, as Americans, we have the right to believe in anything that we want. But if you notice we want that right to believe what we believe in. But as soon as somebody else has a contradicting belief, we, we want to, you know, get out the pitchforks and burn them at the stake. Like it's the Salem witch trials again. And you know, a perfect example of this is what's going on <clears throat> around us today. I'm still seeing so much anti-Muslim statements, the hatred for people of Islam, despite the fact that there are countless Muslim Americans who have served in the United States military and died for this country. But their belief is scary to us now. So it challenges our beliefs and we want to we want to shut it down. Now as truth seekers, to you truth seekers out there, this is something you're all familiar with because you come across some undeniable information that at least deserves investigation. This XYZ does not make sense. And you ask that question and people shut you down. And you are meant, made to feel that you are the crazy one. I want to tell you, you are not crazy. Like I say at the end of every show, never stop questioning and keep an open mind. It's so important that you do that. And again, if you're a truth seeker, maybe you've heard of this term, maybe you have not. But I went to simplepsychology.org and I got a, a bit of an expanded definition. Um, this is called cognitive dissonance. I'm going to read a, a short article here. It's by uh, Saul McLeod. It was published in 2008 but updated in 2014. And I'll have the link to this in the show notes as well. But whether you, you've heard this before or not, I want you to pay attention to this definition because this might be you. I know it, it has been me in the past and it may be me in the future. 
And in summary, cognitive dissonance is when you're presented with a belief system, when you're presented with a statement of something that you can't deny that completely challenges everything you believe and know and hold dearly to the world. And here's what people tend to do with it. So I'm going to read this article real quick for us. Cognitive dissonance refers to a situation involving conflicting attitudes, beliefs, or values. This produces a feeling of discomfort leading to an alteration in, in one of the attitudes, beliefs, or behaviors to reduce the discomfort and restore balance, etc. For example, when people smoke, behavior, and they know that smoking causes cancer, cognition. Feistinger's 1957 cognitive dissonance theory suggests that we have an inner drive to hold all our attitudes and beliefs in harmony and avoid disharmony or dissonance. Attitudes may change because of factors within the person. An important factor here is the principle of cognitive consistency, the focus of Feistinger's 1957 theory of cognitive dissonance. This theory starts from the idea that we seek consistency in our beliefs and attitudes in any situation where two cognitions are inconsistent. Leon Feistinger, 1957, proposed cognitive dissonance theory, which states that a powerful motive to maintain cognitive consistency can give rise to the irrational and sometimes maladaptive behavior. According to Feistinger, we may hold cognitions about the world and ourselves. When they clash, a discrepancy is evoked, resulting in a state of tension known as cognitive dissonance. As the experience of dissonance is unpleasant, we are motivated to reduce or eliminate it and achieve consonance, i.e. agreement. Cognitive dissonance was first investigated by Leon Feisinger, arising out of a particular observation study of a cult which believed that the earth was going to be destroyed by a flood and what happened to its members, particularly the really committed ones who had given up their homes and jobs to work for the cult when the flood did not happen. While fringe members were more inclined to recognize that they had made fools of themselves and to put it down to experience, committed members were more likely to reinterpret the evidence to show that they were right all along and the earth was not destroyed because of the faithfulness of the cult members. This is a very important understanding because I've encountered this several times. I've experienced it personally. I remember people have presented information to me or I've come across information and I have screamed at people because I didn't want to hear it because I said, no, that's not the way the world is. That's not what I was taught. You are wrong. How dare you even speak that? And I walked away furious about it and I rationalized it in my head. And at some points it was, the only reason you're wrong is because that's not what I was taught, even though what they said made sense. And it took sometimes several years for some of this stuff to sink in before I could finally let go and, and, and just accept what they were saying because I had to start looking into it and then I couldn't deny it. And in, the, in the Matrix movie, I know I refer to this a lot, you know, where Morpheus tells Neo, we have a rule. We never free a mind beyond a certain age because the mind has trouble letting go. It's earth shattering. That is Armageddon. That is, is revelation. When you realize that some of these beliefs that you hold true may not be the truth or the best description of that truth. And sometimes when, when the other night when I was having this discussion with this person, I felt that cognitive dissonance was coming into play because what she said was that this contradicts my beliefs. It goes against what I believe in. Well, that doesn't mean that what I'm saying is wrong, but it may be difficult for somebody to accept. And that is something that we need to be conscious of. And that 
brings me to my next point. You have a lot of people out there who say, I'm trying to wake people up. I need to wake you up so you can know the truth. My question is, how is that any different than the young man that told me that I needed to open up my heart to Jesus Christ to be saved? By forcing people to try to wake up, you're you're creating conflict, you're creating tension, and you're trying to force their mind to do something they're not capable of doing, and you are forcing an apocalypse on people. It's very difficult to do. Now, we all have our beliefs, and sometimes I wonder, am I any different than that young man that, that cornered me back in my 20s? Am I any different than him? And I like to say yes, because I'm not forcing people to listen to this podcast. I'm not forcing people to read my books, although sometimes I want to, because in my opinion, like I said, this goes beyond belief for me. This is understanding based on what I call evidence that I can pull out and I can show to you. But I may believe in my evidence just as much as somebody else believes the Bible is the true spoken word of God and that evidence may hold just as much weight and credibility to them. Regardless of if I can argue with that or not, to tell somebody that is wrong would be earth shattering. Again, some of my beliefs or understandings go against that. But to sit here and and tell them, we have to understand that that's going to be shattering for people. So where do we find the balance? What do we do about this? How do we handle dealing with these inconsistent beliefs? Because let's face it, the world, again, is in a state of chaos right now. We may be on the brink of war, or they may just be more fear-mongering put out by the, by the media. Um, it's tough when you see people supporting a system that we, I'm going to use the word believe again, that we believe is fundamentally flawed and designed to be causing trouble for us. But my fear is that the second that we start forcing our own beliefs on people and demanding that they quote-unquote wake up, now you're creating tension and conflict. And with that cognitive dissonance, we become the enemy. To rationalize what we're saying in their head, you're a conspiracy theorist. You are crazy. Now I don't have to believe you because you're nuts. You're one of those fringe people. So how do we do it? I say keep plugging away. Throw out that little sample here and there because your goal should not be to convert people or or to teach people that don't want to be taught. I like to be here with my little little bit of experience and my own insight for people that are searching for more answers and searching for more understanding. And again, I'm no guru, I'm no expert, but I do have my own insights and my own experiences and my own thoughts and my own resources that I want to share with other people because other people share stuff with me. So I think if we can shift our focus and say, hey, I'm going to be able to have an open discussion, even if it challenges my beliefs, I will listen to yours because there's always something you can learn. And if you're willing to listen to mine, I'll share it with you until you become uncomfortable and then I'll stop. And that's a challenge because it's things we feel passionately about. And for some of us, we feel that if we don't take action now, the consequences could be devastating. But isn't that the game? Isn't that what keeps people going? And I wonder if that really is the end result. So at the end of the day, we can really only control ourselves and our actions. So if you're available to share information, 
share it. But if you start reaching that resistance and that conflict, it's just not worth it. It's just not worth it for so many reasons because some people can't handle, as, as Jack Nicholson said, you can't handle the truth to Tom Cruise and A Few Good Men. Great movie, horrible impression. But just just something to think about because this this has been bothering me for the last week. Um, you know, And, and again, I, I strive not to be that, that young man who forced his beliefs on me, but this is something, obviously I'm doing a weekly podcast. I wrote a book. I'm writing another book about it. I have the blog and the Facebook page. I feel so strongly about this stuff. I think it's important to share this type of information. You know, I, I just, I, I don't know what else to say without going on for another hour about why I do this, but that's a different show as well. But uh, I guess at the end of the day, uh, like I always say, keep an open mind, never stop questioning it. And we need to be respectful of one another and, and each other's beliefs. And if somebody starts to corner you and challenge you with their beliefs, Sorry that I don't prescribe to that, you know, and, and, and just keep it moving because you're not going to get anywhere with it. So that is all the time I have. I'd like to thank you for listening to this show. As always, uh, please check out I Am Human and We Are Not Who We Think We Are at serviceofchange.com slash I Am Human. Please tell your friends. Uh, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to grow my readership and, um, you know, I'm promoting the next book, I Am Human Food for the Archons, the work in progress. It's going to be a, a fantastic fantastic journey uh you know through my life and through some of my research as well so again thank you so much for your continued support i'd love to hear your comments thoughts feedback on the show send me an email dennis nappy the second that's d-e-n-n-i-s-n-a-p-p-i-i-i at gmail.com i'm dennis with service of change at serviceofchange.com where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world remember to never stop questioning and keep an open mind thank you Welcome to Truth Seekers.